What's up, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Team Chat Podcast, a video game show where we talk about, well, video games, the ones we love, the ones we hate, and everything in between. I am one of your hosts, Jarrett Wilson, joined by Rachel Mogan. Bonjourno. Bonjourno to you as well. How are you this fine day? I am doing just fine. Um, if anybody starts to see me slowly sink into darkness, it's because I'm a big fan of natural light, uh, but it is evening, so if I suddenly become like a dark, spooky shadow... Don't be surprised. Well, I mean, the natural light works great. It, like, it, See, doesn't it look so much better? I know. Like, I've got these fake artificial bullshit up in my house. I just, like, it's all over the place. But You, know. you own too many lights. You and I your do. job. I do. I own way too <laughs> many too lights. Much I, have lighting. The normal, I have the normal lights that we have to light the studio setup that you can see right over here. Uh, then I've got these two lights now that are behind my computer for when we do stuff like this. I got a lamp for when I want to work in darkness with just a little teeny tiny bit of light. And then I have some other camera mounted lights as well. It's fine. It's, you know, it's, it's, I have a problem, but I can stop anytime I want. Uh, but anyway, so Team Chat Podcast. Yeah, we talk about video games, the ones we love, the ones we hate and everything in between. New episodes come out on Tuesday mornings and you can listen to those on podcast services around the World Wide Web, such as Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and others. We have a complete list of all the places the show is available. To our knowledge, we keep randomly getting added to other podcast directories and everything like that. So as we find new places, we keep an updated list on our website. So you can head over to teamchatpodcast.com slash where to listen for a complete list. You can also watch each episode on YouTube as well if you'd prefer to watch us talk about games rather than just listen. You can find us on social media, such as Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Join our Discord server. Links for all that are in the description below. And finally, if you're wanting to help make the show bigger and better, you can head over to patreon.com slash teamchatpodcast, where as for as little as a dollar a month, you can support the show. And in return, we'll give you our love and gratitude and cool perks, like getting access to the episodes early before their general Tuesday release, a private server on our Discord private channel on our discord server the rogues gallery and a lot of other tidbits and fun goodies as we release them so check that out over on patreon.com i did want to make a note though real quick before we got started i know i mentioned a couple of weeks ago too but we are going to make us we're going to delay episodes of team chit chat which was a one of the one of the rewards for our five dollar tier just for a little while maybe until this all this craziness is over and we can be in the same place because a lot of that game was taught not game. A lot of that show was talking about things that we liked outside of gaming. And it just had a nice feel for being something together that we could do in the same space, especially if we like did like card and games and stuff like that. Yeah. Exactly. And it's just, it's not quite the same. It's not quite the same. So uh, until we kind of get back into the, into our normal groove of everything, we're going to put that on hold. So uh, we're, we do have one episode in the can that I still need to get out and we'll do that one after that though we are going to have a little bit of delay but we'll bring it back as soon as we can or if we figure out some other uh, way to kind of work around it to make it still work for what we want it to do but it's going to come back so don't worry you'll get that fun little extra content later on down the road but before we get in oh but also if you can't support us over on patreon that's no big deal at all you can still help us make the show bigger and better by continuing to listen subscribe on podcast services subscribe over on youtube follow us on all those social media channels let your friends know about us and you know share us share us there and write us reviews rate us on itunes all these things help it make the show bigger and better because it helps us get the word out there to the masses we love you all look at these hearts exploding hearts that we've just done because we're bursting with love and appreciation thank our you heart, all. our hearts also break every time you don't smash that <laughs> like and subscribe button. 
<laughs> Absolutely. A little piece of us dies. They just shatter. <laughs> but before we get into the main topic of the day, let's get a little bit of news in our moment with Mogan. What's coming out soon and other goodness. Okay, so we skipped it last week because last week's episode was extra large. Um, So we're backtracking real quick just to some stuff that came out uh, last week. So the Final Fantasy VII Remake is now out for PlayStation 4 exclusively. Uh, Also coming out last week was Someday You'll Return for PC. Um, That launched on April 14th. Dead by Daylight, a game I have heard many things about, has just come out for iOS and Android on April 16th. And then as of... Yeah, I know, right? I didn't think it was that kind of game, but okay. Me neither. Uh, And then as, well, neither is Fortnite, but I think you can technically play that on mobile too. It's a terrible experience. (laughs) It's terrible. Uh, so then as of this episode's air date on April 21st, we have Gato Roboto uh, for the Xbox One. We also have coming soon on April 24th, Deliver Us the Moon for PlayStation 4 and Xbox One. Also on the 24th, we have Predator Hunting Grounds for PlayStation 4. Trials of Mana, a game I've heard quite a lot about, for PlayStation 4, Switch, and PC. Again, that's also on the 24th. Uh, and XCOM Chimera Squad for PC, April 24th. Very nice. Very nice. Uh, So one other news story or a couple other news stories actually that we had. Do you want to do yours first? Yeah, let me start with this one because I just think it's so hilarious for a couple of reasons. Um, So Sony, I think last week by now, um, (laughs) Sony last week announced that they are going to have two completely free games for just everybody. So anybody that has a PlayStation uh, 4 Maybe PlayStation 3 question mark. Unsure of that. It's probably only PS4. Uh, they announced that they are giving away totally free copies of the Nathan Drake, excuse me, Uncharted, the Nathan Drake collection. Boo. And Journey, an actually good game that you should play. <laughs> so I just thought that this was hysterical when I saw the two games that they had picked because Journey is an amazing piece of art and the Uncharted games are literal garbage fires that I hate with to the bottom of my soul. <laughs> so I was just laughing and laughing well, that it funny. was these two. Yeah, what's it is kind of an odd pairing, I'd say, of games. But still, it is funny that they always just tout it as you're getting these two free games but i mean honestly though you're getting four because there are three games included in the nathan drake collection so still to give four games free like this to for helping everyone to it's part of their play at home initiative right is believe it is so this is part of their play at home initiative which is again just more incentive to stay at home and not go out to stop the spread of coronavirus Mm -hmm. these Mm -hmm. games are available from april 15th through may 5th so you can still get them for free right now but you that ends as of may 5 so in addition to these two free games being part of this stay at home initiative uh in that same blog post where sony announced this they did also announced, and I just kind of wanted to give a shout out to this because I think it's such a good idea for the industry, that they're setting aside a creative fund, and they've earmarked more than $10 million to support in-develop independent development partners because of course the larger game studios are likely not being hit nearly as hard maybe they're even doing better than ever uh whereas independent studios who rely on you know frequently things like e3 to get the word out about Mm -hmm. their games they're probably taking um a bit of a hit just because they're not able to get the word out on the same scale about their games so they also set aside sony did this little creative fund and i just think that's a great idea 
Yep. It's awesome. And it's really great to see that these, co- that, you know, like video game companies or like Sony is, is stepping up and like giving these ways, encouraging and a, a really good encouragement to stay home. Like, you know, and to be able, you, As you're going to have, needed more encouragement. You're gonna have tons of hours. I know. Right. Like if, if the threat of getting, of uh, getting sick isn't enough, but still super cool. Super fun to see. Um, another thing that I did, it, this actually just came out too. I don't know if we talked about it on the show, but I know I posted about it in our Discord that the N64 game, Star Wars Episode One Racer, that's where it's pod racing game, oh, yeah. is coming to the Switch. Now, when this first broke a couple weeks ago, they just said it's coming soon. You know, stay tuned. We'll let you know. Well, today they did finally release a release date. It will be coming to the Switch on May 12th. So not too much longer to wait at all for that. I'll be playing the hell out of that game because I'm super. uh, uh, That's a It's an awesome racer game, and it'll be great to revisit that, especially on the Switch. That'll be perfect. I can just play it anywhere. It's great. But the last news story that we wanted to touch on today also broke in the last week. Uh, yesterday, actually, what is today? The, I have no idea of what day or time it is. It's the 16th. So the 15th. Yes. So on the 15th, uh, Jason Schreier over at Kotaku, who also spoiler of a news story, he just posted that he's actually leaving Kotaku. Uh, so that's that's interesting to see. That's shocking. Wasn't yeah. he the one that did that huge Anthem expose about why yes. Anthem's development was so cray cray? Yeah. Jason Schreier, like he he's broken a lot of the big stories over at Kotaku. So it is a big deal that uh, that he's leaving. But that's that a story a for another deal. time. I actually I, I hadn't heard that yet. It yes. literally like as we were setting up to record is when I saw the, that he had posted the article where he was talking about it. But anyway, uh, so he posted an article yesterday that was 18 months after Red Dead Redemption 2, Rockstar has made big cultural changes. And so I just want to talk about this because we did talk about Rockstar around the release of Red Dead Redemption 2, talking about how it came out that, yes, they were crunching. They were really, you know, putting in insane hours to try to get this game out the door. It's been a long, unhealthy hours, unhealthy hours, unhealthy hours. And so, you know, oftentimes these these crunch conversations come up and they're always just it sucks. But what what can you do? Well, it looks like Rockstar is actually taking steps to make it better and not just about crunch, but their overall culture of the company. So they so. The uh, a top Rockstar executive from the this is from the article. Top Rockstar executive Jennifer Colby sent out an email to staff with a list of bullet pointed initiatives to improve Rockstar's culture. And so from this email, it says, quote, in these last several months, we have undertaken a lot of work across every area of the company, looking at our processes to determine what works and what doesn't. We are what we were, are great at and what we could improve. We hope that the majority of you have felt some of these positive changes already and those that haven't soon will. So some of their upcoming plans, it says in this article for 2020, are flexible schedules for developers at Rockstar Studios all over the world, which is really cool. Management and leadership training, anonymous surveys to collect feedback from employees, regular updates on the company's future in games and updates and better communication all around. So... There later on, it says in the email, quote, again, we have taken conscious steps to improve our approach to developing games in order to reduce the need for overtime. We realize we still have plenty to do in this area and will continue to take steps so we can more accurately predict and schedule games and DLC in a way that is more sustainable, but still allows us the creative flexibility to iterate on the incredibly ambitious and complex games we make. So that, you know, is kind of addressing overall, but. There have also been some of the cultural things that were impacting Rockstar where, you know, 
so outside of that, there was kind of a frat house mentality among some of the leadership. There have just been bad apples or, you know, bad cases of leaders and management and all this stuff. Some poor treatment, like in the article, it describes game testers in uh, one of their UK studios, like couldn't have their phones when they were doing their QA blinds of the building had to be shut so that people couldn't look in and try to get a glance and all that stuff. And they were only contract. Well, now, like some of the QA testers are now full time employees. They can use their phones now. You know, it's different things like that. Uh, man, people in management positions who haven't had a stellar track record at Rockstar have been let go, including even one. Not, I don't know if he was necessarily let go or if it was his own choice to leave, but one of the founders, Dan Hauser is now has exited from rock from rockstar so it's a it's a very cool thing to see and hopefully other studios take you know follow suit but then not only that right now you know they're kind of in the lull not lull necessarily but you know red dead 2 has been out for over a year and then they're on development of their next games but it's not they're quite they're not in the crunch stage yet so it'll be interesting to see if some of these changes still hold true when it actually gets to the the, when the normal crunch period would begin so hopefully these this this plan that they've put out and put in place will be able to have enough time to become deeply seated in the company and that stuff won't happen later on down the road and hopefully other studios like I said, we'll follow suit. So good stuff. I mean, as always, it, it remains to be seen whether or not these changes have an effect, but mm-hmm. it's good to see them doing anything to try and tackle both, you know, bad in-company culture and the culture of crunch and overworking conditions. Right. And there are some quotes from from employees in Jason Schreier's article where they say, yeah, we've, we've noticed changes and it does seem better. So hopefully it good. stays on the improvement. So... But that brings us to our main topic now, which is one that I'm surprisingly surpri- uh, excited to talk about, I gotta say. Yeah, see, I, I'm sure that you know what I'm probably going to say. Oh, yeah. I have no idea what you're so I feel like your perspective is going to be the one that I'm, I at least am really interested to hear about, because uh, we're talking about not the full game. No. We haven't been able to get our hands on it yet, because both broke and <laughs> playing many other <laughs> games. Uh, but we're going to be, we both played and we're going to be talking about the Final Fantasy VII remake demo yes. that was available and is still available mm-hmm. for the PS4. Yes. So this, I will say, this is the first, and it's funny that it's only a demo, but this is the first Final Fantasy anything I have played. I missed out on all so the originals, crazy. like the older games and everything. Um, my buddy Michael actually let me borrow. Uh, Final Fantasy 15. I just haven't had a chance to start it yet. So I, but the, I haven't touched the original Final Fantasy 7, nothing like that. So it's, it was exciting. I got to say though, to jump into one for the first time. And when I was playing through the, through the demo, I was, I was, I kind of had that whole thing. It was like, okay, I'm, I'm experiencing now what everybody else granted. It's a different lens now that we're seeing it through. You're actually a re- getting a very different remaster. experience from right. everybody else. Well, yeah, Still. I mean, I, at this point in my life, I'm not going to go back and try to replace seven because it doesn't hold that nostalgic factor for me. So I'll just go forward with what I have. Uh, but still for never having played one before and honestly never really had a desire to play a final fantasy game before I really enjoyed it. I thought it was a, I thought it was a super fun time. Uh, that's awesome. Yeah. Uh, So just to kind of give some people some background on what the demo entails, we're going to be talking about it in full because it's a demo. We're not considering any of this to be spoilers. And also it's a really old game and you probably know what already happens. 
And even if you don't, this is early game stuff. It's not anything that's going to impact the story on a large scale. So don't worry about that. Uh, so the scene basically starts much as the original game did, kind of right in the disc one, uh, where you are Cloud Strife uh, and you are a mercenary, a uh, sword for hire, with a group of, I guess you would call them like environmental terrorists, uh, avalanche guess, or, uh, led, yeah. kind of, because they're fighting for like the planet they're environmental terrorists baby yeah Yeah. (laughs) so uh they're headed up by barrett who is a he's kind of like the mega man of final fantasy (laughs) or the same as aaron because he's got a gun arm the coolest accessory anyone can have can't even take Uh, his hand out of it it's just his he's just got a gun on his arm no that's just that is his hand like it's not optional i know i know that's That's i mean he can't pop it off later it's it's he's just always stuck with a machine gun arm uh, and so they are infiltrating a place called Shinra Corporation. So Shinra Corporation is the big, bad, industrial behemoth of the world that they live in. Uh, and basically, Shinra is sucking all of the Mako, the life energy, out of the planet for energy generation. A lot like oil, am I right? I mean, you'd, yeah. You'd, yeah. You'd basically. think that somebody along the way would have been like, now you do realize this is going to run out. But no, people don't realize that. Oh, no, I think they do. They just don't care. Exactly. Much like our literal current life. I know. <laughs> <laughs> the parallels are quite depressing. Uh, but the point is they're infiltrating Shinra Corporation to be able to blow up one of the reactors. Um, so that's their entire purpose. It's Cloud, Barrett, Jesse, uh, two other guys whose names I can't remember. Wedge. Yes, Wedge and, and Briggs. Briggs. Ah, yes. Look at you with the names. I don't Woo-hoo. remember. I don't remember the little people. Uh, they're also not playable characters. Jesse right. Briggs and Wedge aren't currently. Uh, so they're infiltrating Shinra Corporation and you're just doing their first mission of uh, setting the bomb on the reactor and that's the entire demo. So why don't you And we liked it everybody us... so go play it and we we'll see you next it. time. Yeah. So what was your perspective on kind of everything like both the characters, the story, how you think the voice acting was and and of course, probably what I think you'll have the most commentary on uh, the combat, because yeah. it's very different from uh, Final Fantasy games of yore. Well, and see, and that's the kind of the thing, too. I was surprised. I was actually reading. I talked to with, an, uh, with Kyle, actually, who came on about our Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order episode. I was talking to him about this because he was going to jump into it this weekend, I think. And I said, hey, I actually played it and it was really fun. And I thought at first I will say, like. I was very I thought the combat at times I will say, especially once you got to start playing with Barrett, that it switching through the menus and everything felt a little clunky. Like, but also I was like, oh, but I've never played a Final Fantasy game. That's probably just due to my own ignorance. But then on Square Enix's website, they say it's a completely new system, which I didn't it realize. Is. Yeah, so, it's totally new. Um, it had just looked kind of similar to when I saw Michael playing Final Fantasy 15. Again, I really have no knowledge of this series at all. But um but still, other than that, I thought the combat was great. The I'll I'll, I'll talk about that more cuz there is more of that really, so I'll I'll jump back to that later. But as far as like the characters, like I didn't know Cloud was a mercenary. I thought he or like an ex-soldier. I thought Cloud yeah. was just like the hero character that was like, you know, no. young child parents murdered by this evil corporation kind of thing rises nope. up to take in, take uh, revenge into his own hands. But, you know, no, he's he's as he says multiple times during the demo, he's just there for the paycheck, you know. So uh, that was cool he, to see. 
Yeah, he is primarily an ex-soldier, so he's mm. not necessarily just a mercenary. It's really just that he's no longer a soldier is his current job, more right. or less. Uh, but I thought voice acting was really well done. It sounded it sounded great. Again, I don't have anything to compare it to for, as opposed to what the original game was. Was there even voice acting in Final Fantasy VII? So, no. I mean, unless I'm forgetting something, and I don't think so. I don't remember there being any voice uh, It has been many many years since I played the original, but mm. I don't think so. I'm not even sure that there was any voice acting in the cutscenes. I just, I don't think that that was part of the game. Uh, I love the voice actor that they got for Cloud. I think that he fits the character really well. Yes. And overall, because, you know, with the old games, they didn't really have voices, and Cloud's lines were pretty limited in the first place. You know, he wasn't a silent protagonist. He just didn't talk much. So I like that they've given him what feels like a more fleshed out personality that paints him less as, you know, a cold mercenary and also less as a valiant hero and more as just like kind of a normal dude that's like, yo, let's all just go try to live our lives. They really, really got a good, a good match for him. Well, and I think too, again like have i feel like from what i know of the two and what i've seen i buy cloud as this ex soldier mercenary for hire way more in this than i would have in seven just because seven and it's a probably a technological hindrance of what they could do at the time with graphics and everything like that but looking at how final fantasy seven the original the art style of it and everything i would never have gotten like this gritty feel from it i don't think or at least from Cloud, I would say, from the character of Cloud itself, himself. But um, but in this one, I was like, oh yeah, you can tell he's got some secrets. He's mysterious. He's got well, a, he's got this past that haunts him, especially when we would have those like what seemed like they were going to be flashback moments. Yeah, like everything. he would seem to get headaches and something would right, bother right, him, and right. then he'd kind of like maybe even see visions at one point. At the uh, very that, end, he does. Yeah, at the very end, so it's like, what's going on with him? Exactly. So that that raises questions to me. So I really liked that. Um, let's see, Barrett was really cool. I did. I did like he how he was absolutely oh, no nonsense. Is awesome. Yeah, I love Barrett. I always loved Barrett. I think that they have done him so well in this new game. So I adore Barrett. And although Jesse was a little bit too, like, Tracer-style peppy to me, I was like, yeah. okay, let's all tone it down. I do think she's really cute, and I like her a lot. Um, I love her outfit. Her outfit is awesome. Everybody's really cool. outfits are so cool. I know. Uh, they like, all I love Cloud's baggy and... pants, but, they're, but I'm like, yeah, I, w- I would wear a yeah. pair of those those combat boots, you know what I'm saying? Well, he did have those in the old game, too. Um, it's well, just I know, that, you know, just because of the hindrances better. of the art style, you just couldn't tell. Yeah. Um, but so I really liked all that. The let's see what else, what else? Just the introduction, like the introduction to cloud in the demo was so cool. You know, cause who's, who is it? Who at the very beginning, like you see her, she's carrying the flowers. She gets, is that Aerith? That's Aerith. Aerith. So yeah, that is correct. So in my day, (laughs) and maybe I'm wrong, but I could swear that in the original Final Fantasy VII for for PlayStation 1, that they localized her name to Aeris with an S at the end instead of a TH. I'm not sure if that's true. Maybe I imagined it wrong, but I could swear it was Aeris. But of course, it's been Aerith since you know time immemorial once they fixed it because that's what it was in the japanese mm-hmm. uh but in my heart she's heiress 
in everybody else's heart. She's Aerith. The point is, she looks phenomenal. She, they did her so beautifully. She looks kind of similar to actually how she was in the uh, Kingdom Hearts games uh, when they had the Final Fantasy characters in there. So she looks fantastic. I love the effects that they've done for the environment. Mm-hmm. Uh, the graphics, I really can't state enough. You know, you're comparing it to an ancient game at this point. Right. So it's it's going to look wild no matter what. But even that being said, there are other modern games that look much worse. I this was, game looks beautiful. It, it the was beautiful particle effects also. on the Mako. Mm-hmm. It's it's just Chef's Kiss choice. Well, and that's what I mean. Like even in the the opening when you get the introduction to Cloud. So you know, Aerith, Aerith she drops her flowers. They get stepped on, and then she then it zooms out to reveal the city is Midgard. Correct? Midgard. Midgard. Yes. Which was a super impressive scene. Like you get this like small pocket, and you're like, oh, this place isn't big, and then just keeps pulling back and back and back, and you're like, this place is massive. And then I just oh, love how it. You sorry, know, it's Midgar. There's no D Midgar. on so, Midgard. Midgard <laughs> is is Norse. I think that's something with yeah. like Thor. Okay, <laughs> Midgar. Sorry, um, but so, I got it wrong too. It's a. Uh, but so then, you know, it zooms back in on the city and clouds on the back of the train and just how it like comes up behind him and everything. And he just kind of like looks up with his buster sword on his back and everything, which can we talk about <laughs> a buster sword, right? I know it's, it's new to you. Everybody else is just like, yeah, it's all new. I know. I mean, I've seen it before. I knew it existed, but this but is the first time I ever got to, to wield play it. with it, right? Exactly. Yeah. So it was, mm, 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 really I funny. love that. So I'm all about that Buster Sword, but still how, it, especially the train pulls into the station and he jumps off the back and just everything about Cloud just screams like, I don't have to prove anything to anybody. I know that I can handle my shit and I'm going to take care of anything that gets in my way. And how about you, even though you're a friend of mine, not get in my way and that'll just make it easier for the both of us. So it's, it's Which great. Is- it's funny because one of the reasons I've always liked Cloud is he's not like huge. You know, he's not a giant, massive he's hero type that you might see in all of these other games. He's kind of small. Mm-hmm. Like, he kind of has a slender frame. He's clearly got lean muscle, but he's not bulky. He's kind of like a slender dude with a huge sword virtually the size of him. And it's just like, yeah, Cloud, you, you wear those tank tops and your weird one-shoulder armor. You do whatever you want, buddy. You look great. Yeah, I mean, there's no logical way he should be able to even use the buster sword but he does with great efficiency (laughs) um let's see so do you want to kind of just talk about the combat stuff now i think yeah so that kind of brings us to the combat which for people that have played the original final fantasy and really most jrpgs uh this is where you're going to see a huge departure from what was the norm you know with more recent final fantasy games they've switched to more of the um real-time battle systems but 15 does that right 15 does that i think 12 i think final fantasy 12 does that a a number of them do it's much more common now but even as of final fantasy 10 and 10 2 uh those were all the what am i trying to say the turn-based combat style of Mm -hmm. that of jrpgs of yore where you would have each character gets their own turn you have your menu of actions that you get to choose from your characters go and then the enemy goes and it's all dependent on what your speed stat is etc so that's what i have been used to and it's really interesting to see how they kind of melded that into a real-time combat system yeah because and this is kind of what you were talking about earlier that i think is maybe where 
you and me, uh, for sure, to a certain extent, are getting a little bit hung up because it is, I think, going to be a learning curve. But I can definitely understand how it feels clunky at first. Uh, I struggled with it for sure because mm -hmm. basically what happens is when you're just cloud, when you're first starting out and you haven't acquired any new party members yet, um, it's really easy to go into combat because you have an auto-lock system for enemies that you're near to. You can switch back and forth between the auto lock for different enemies very easily. And essentially, you just hit square for Cloud to use his Buster Sword. So See, you just kind of hack and slash your way through. I actually kind of had a little bit of difficulty with the auto lock. Like, especially. Oh, you did? Especially when they, I, I, when it was just the soldiers and then they would have like their guard dog, that was fine. But when it started adding in more flying opponents, which I know at those points too, um, you kind of had Barrett. But what were like the little. Um, they weren't the sentries that were normally higher up. They were like the little floating, almost insect. -y. They were like mono, yeah, they mana, yeah. uh, mono drones. Mono drones. I, I, I think, think that that's right. Um, those were a little bit harder to keep track of, and I could never. Yeah. Uh, I mean, not never. I beat the demo, so obviously I got a handle of it. But it just that part kind of a little bit. I was like, I don't, I, I, I can't get it to quite lock on to the right person, which I did gotcha. appreciate though, that in the abilities and items and stuff like that, when you're choosing what you can use next outside of the normal attack, I do like that, especially for like clouds, fire magic ability, you, it gives you the choice. If there are multiple enemies, which one you wanted to direct it to other than just yes. relying on the lock on combat. Mode. Yes. Cause Very I feel like helpful. if that wasn't there, that would have been super frustrating. You would have been just also, throwing fire to, all over the place. If you had to aim the magic, I would be out. I would be like, this yeah. is too much. But luckily yeah. you don't have to aim it because uh, basically what happens is your standard attack of just hack and slash charges up a meter. I think they call it like the ATB meter mm -hmm. or something. It's some acronym that I totally ignored. Yeah, it's I was just looking called up to meter. try to see. I was trying to, I was looking in this article on Square Enix things talking about it. And I was just like, what is ATB? But, it uh, could be anything. Who knows? I don't know what it stands for, and I also don't care. All you need to know is that hitting square charges meter, because yeah. basically when you when you successfully attack anything, when you successfully guard, or when you successfully dodge something, it, it slowly but surely fills up your meter. And once your meter gets to a certain point, you're able to then hit X, which kind of freezes everything and brings up your command list. Right. And this is where kind of the more traditional JRPG style comes in, because by pulling up your command list, you get access to special abilities um, like like Limit Break and things like that that people are familiar with from the previous, the older games. So you've got your Limit Break, you've got your items, you've got magic, of course, you can select from your magic abilities, and who knows what else further down the line. So that's what you can do when you pull up the menu. Now, once you gain more party members, the menu becomes a little bit more important because you're only really controlling one character at a time. Mm -hmm. And when you're controlling Cloud, Barrett kind of does his own thing on auto. So they're always moving, even when you're not controlling them. But you have to make sure that you're keeping an eye on everyone's health. And when they're on auto, the other party members that you're not controlling at the time, they won't do any of their special moves. So if Barrett's on auto, he's gonna uh, he's going to rely primarily on his main fire. He's not gonna do any of his um, charged move. Yeah, charged move. Not gonna do his abilities. He's not gonna use magic. So when you pull up the menu, you can use R2 and L2 to switch between your party members just on the menu, not who you're controlling at the time, but on the menu. And I found that oh, see, very I think convenient. I missed that. 
Oh, because maybe. Oh, were you switching between characters? I was switching between characters. That's I missed. I missed that. Uh, I missed, that is the problem. Then <laughs> okay, okay, so it's a me that, problem. I, no, but 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 that's what I'm saying. It's a learning curve because yeah. there is a lot to learn. It's not you know it's not a minimalistic system. It's mm-hmm. a pretty complex system. So when you pull up the menu, sure you can use one of Cloud's moves, but maybe you really want to use one of Barrett's instead. So you can switch over to Barrett, have him do something, and then when you exit out of that menu, you're still Cloud, and you can just kind of keep going. Yeah, that's especially helpful if you are like, let's say you're Cloud and you're really low on. If you pull up the menu and have Barrett use a healing item on you, Cloud then doesn't have to pause and wait to get his stuff out. Barrett oh, does it instead, and you can cool. keep going. Okay, okay. I see. So I didn't realize there's that either. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's it's definitely something that will take some getting used to, and I can tell how once you get up to three party members, which I assume is still the limit for okay. the maximum party size that you can have. I can tell how getting up to three is going to become much more challenging because even just with two party members, both Cloud and Barrett died multiple times on my wall. I never got a game over, but I definitely had to use my revive to use potions like crazy. I don't know if you took as much damage as I did. Maybe I just suck at dodging what and carding. What did you play at? Did you play on? Normal? I just played normal. Okay, I did too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I didn't. Um, di- so, nobody died, but I did have to use like all of my potions. Oh yeah, I used almost all of my potions. I think I had a few left at the end, but it's hard. It's not like a super easy game, which is no. really nice. I like that it's actually got some some real challenge in there. It's really interesting. But I like too, even it, how in just this demo, and I, I understand it's it's taken from this level, but I really appreciated how much the enemies scaled and how they handled the scale of the enemies. So you weren't just the first couple. You're finding a couple soldiers. Easy peasy, lemon squeezy, get through them, no big deal. Then they add in the guard dog. And the guard dogs were actually a little more difficult to, to they defeat. They had a lot of help. They had a lot of help. I was like, what's help. up with these dogs? Exactly. <laughs> and then after you beat them, then it starts adding in like the sentries that are up high and those flying drones. Oh, fuck those sentries, dude. <laughs> yeah. But then you first I get those first, those first mini bosses, which were the sweepers. Yeah, the big yeah. sweeper that kind of Those looks like cool. a weird steampunk, you know, like robot thingy. Thing. Yeah, like a tractor. It totally looks yeah. like a tractor. Uh, I, I actually really liked the sweeper. I thought it was a fun little mini it boss. It was a fun boss um, or battle. And this kind of brings up a system that is really important, or at least I can foresee being crucial uh, to being successful, is in addition to having all of your commands, your limits, blah, 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 you have your own meter but enemies also have a pressure meter. So you can see enemies' health bars at all times, and then right under them is another meter called pressure. And as you're attacking an enemy, they increasingly come under pressure. And if you pressure them enough, you stagger an enemy. And when you stagger an enemy, they're basically KO and they can't attack and you do more damage Mm -hmm. staggering is incredibly helpful a to get a brief pause to recoup yourself maybe you need to heal maybe you need to revive but if you don't and you've successfully staggered somebody and you're already in a great position you can go all out with all of your like special attacks that you've been saving up and do massive damage Uh, the stagger system i think is really really cool and a fun addition for sure I really enjoyed that. And I also really enjoyed, again, once you got the two, once you got to have Barrett on your team as well, 
comboing their moves together to increase the stagger bar or the pressure bar was really cool. And I did one time when you're fighting the final enemy, the boss of the demo, the Sentinel, Scorpion Sentinel, yeah. or Spider Sentinel. I don't know. I just call it the Scorpion. It's probably um, called the Sentinel. Scorpion Sentinel. I don't, um, I don't pay attention to that kind of thing. <laughs> <laughs> I just glaze over all of that. And I'm like, no, it's, it's, it. it's a big bad. I got to kill it. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but I did one time like really pull off a really sweet combo with Barrett in cloud and it felt so good because like i want to say the stagger bar or the pressure bar was only like halfway filled on that thing and then i think i used barrett's overcharge followed up with like a his like really precise shot focus fire i think is what it was called yeah and then once i initiated the focus fire i switched back over to cloud and had him do his uh thrust his like powerful thrust move and it just nice. like hit all the right times and it caused the thing to stagger and then it gave me like barrett's limit attack and and Ooh. all this oh it was so good i just dealt yeah, so much damage feeling? gosh no matter I, it's so great to see that limit break was the most fun part of final fantasy oh, yeah. 7 it was so Aside from cool summon. Um, I loved being able to summon creatures, but Limit Break is like iconic, and I love that it's still in the game. I love how they've done it, and of course, it looks and feels amazing mm -hmm. when you do it. So it's just like oh, I love Limit Break so much; oh, it's yeah. so fun. <laughs> but what's really cool about it is that it does, you know, like we said, incorporate the real time mix with with the uh, well. I guess it it's not turn based necessarily, but it's but what would you just I mean, I guess it's just real-time combat, and then it just slows it down when you are in your menu and everything. But I still just love, as much as all that is, I love how and how great that combat mechanic is. I love how smooth everything is. Like, the it's movements of the characters. Yes. Granted, yes, I had a little clunkiness getting through the menus. That's no big deal. The more I play it, the better I'll but get at that. But it's not like but that the, was lag. No. But, like, playing it on this, granted, I'm playing on a base PS4 that I've had since the PS4 came out, and this is now nearing the end of its life cycle, and it handled it like a champ. So it was super smooth. The animations were crisp. The graphics themselves, super crisp, like we already talked about. Loved it. It loved the look of it, loved the feel of it. And also, can we talk about how cool damage counters are? Like seeing the numbers of like how much damage you're doing to somebody oh, yes. popping up when you're fighting them. I'd love, I really, it's one of those things I hadn't really thought about before, but after playing Anthem and then this, I'm like, I love that. I love being able to see Assassin's Creed Odyssey's and Origins were that way too. Like I know a lot see, of that's something that, that's always been a part of JRPGs is that anytime you hit an enemy, you see right above them how much damage you just did to them. Mm. That's a pretty standard thing. But because of how frequently you're attacking, especially with like Barrett, for example, who's got rapid fire, because right. of the frequency of attacks and the fact that it's not truly turn based anymore, it does look pretty cool and it makes well, you feel like. Yeah, even when uh, Cloud is like using his sword to block and everything, and you just see all the damage numbers oh, yeah, like bouncing off him and everything, especially like that. It, oh, it was good. It was good. I will was say that I think I, I think I really need to practice blocking and dodging because I, I, I no it. blocks, only cowards block. We go, we die like women out here. We're not gonna block. 
So uh, I, I'm not a big fan of blocking, but I think I probably have to get good at blocking because otherwise I'm going to die. I was terrible at dodging the Scorpion Sentinel's like electricity attack. Oh, me too. I, I got hit it by got it me every time. All the time. It was it was bad. It got me Even really bad. Even when I tried to dodge out, I just didn't have the reaction time for it. And it yeah. got me every single time. Same. I, I was just like, what is going on? Why can't I not get hit by this thing? But it was still. Uh, I mean, I will say. Overall, having never played a Final Fantasy game before, and I understand that this is a different introduction than what most had to the series, I I left it being like, yeah, I'd play this game, which I honestly yeah. had no, I didn't really think I had any interest in it before. But after I did and this, I was like, is, yeah, no, I'll play this. I, I feel like it's such a great thing that they chose to remake this particular game because, yes, it has a ton of nostalgia pull for the old players, but also it's a standalone game. You know, mm-hmm. it's not like Final Fantasy VII is connected to any of the other ones. So anyone that's never played a Final Fantasy can pick up the Final Fantasy VII Remake and still get a really good experience without having any context around the series as a whole. Yep. Uh, they're all meant to be, with the exception of Ten and its many offshoots, they're all meant to be single single experiences. Um, so I do also want to share a little bit of the feedback that we've gotten from Destroya. Uh, I was going to say, we should, we should talk about his stuff. Yes, for sure. Now, he this is not, again, going to go into any spoilers. We're just going to get some thoughts out here, both good and bad, because unlike us, he's actually finished all of Final Fantasy, Final Fantasy VII Remake this episode. Whatever. I don't know uh, if you can necessarily. I like. I know they're I they're called. We'll have that episodes. conversation at the end. Let's okay, save that because okay. I'm I'm annoyed about it too. <laughs> so, anyways. So he says, uh, I can't believe Final Fantasy VII Remake is a real video game. It might just be the Midgar portion, but it is everything I ever wanted. It's overwhelming. And then he goes on to detail, the skyboxes are incredible. The NPCs have so much dialogue. That was something that I noticed that I really liked. Uh, the main characters are perfectly recreated in both design and performance. The combat is fluid and strategic. The Materia system, which the demo unfortunately does not include, so we'll have to get to that later. Okay. The Materia system provides the player with countless options the music which we do need to talk about at the end Mm -hmm. as well uh the music performs dynamically with its intensity increasing or decreasing depending on whether or not you're in combat and on and on i love it so much and i don't care how many installments or how many years it takes to remake the entire game because it's worth it if the quality remains this high I agree with all of that, but then that was kind of earlier in the weekend. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think he, I think at that point he said he was about maybe thirty hours in or something like that, and then he did come to the end of the game, which again, no spoilers. This is not okay. going to include spoilers, but he did mention that, and this is something I wasn't expecting, so I had no idea that this had that this was in the new game. Uh, apparently, Square Enix did choose to change and add in some new story elements that were not in the original. Okay. Uh, at first, Destroy just kind of seemed a little suspicious about it, like, okay, this is kind of weird, um, but whatever, I'll just roll with it. Uh, but then it sounds like at the end of this first installment of the series that those story beats take a pretty extreme turn, mm. and he personally hates it. Based oh. on what he's told me, which was full of spoilers, because I was like, dude, have at me. I've played the game. I don't care what happens. Yeah. Uh, tell me all about it. Uh, I can I can see where he's coming from. So if you are expecting a cut and dry remake frame for frame, that's not that's not exactly what it is. It does have some new elements in there as well. Elements that you may or may not like. 
But that being said, uh, for being a single game that is one in a series of parts that are going to make up this game, he said he put in about 40 hours. So a 30 to 40 hour game experience for part one of what? I three mean, to four parts? I think four is what they said. Yeah. I think it's going to be that's, four. That's probably worth the money. And up until that last like five hours, he was totally on board. Yeah. Even though, much like every game, uh, it's going to have probably some cons, but more pros than cons. Mm -hmm. So I think the general takeaway um, from him having finished it is that it's still an amazing game. But good God, I, I really, I wonder where they're going with this in yeah. terms of the story beats being a little bit different. Interesting. That's interesting. Like, I knew from the beginning when they first announced this, that they were doing this, that it, they said it was going to be different. They were going to throw in some things that were going to be odd. But that's interesting that they would take such a big detraction. Why don't we take a moment to revive the age-old philosophical debate? What's the difference between a remake and a reimagining? Ah. Let's talk about it. I'm just kidding. Let's not. Let's have a big conversation first. It's such a circular <laughs> conversation. It never goes anywhere. But, I mean, I definitely wouldn't necessarily... I know there was a lot of worry from fans of final fantasy seven before we knew a whole lot about this like how much is how long is this actually gonna be like is are we gonna get this we're gonna wait because how long ago was it that they actually even announced they were doing this i know i was still at my old job and that was like five years ago five yeah i, I mean five, it was at least five it was years a long ago. time ago and i know since then everybody and they and then they said it was going to be episodic and then people were like well how long are these episodes going to be because how annoying would that have been to have waited five years got like a 10 hour story and then you're uh, like, it would have been well, it's another two two years until you get part two. But I think with as much as they, forty hours is a substantial game. Like that's just a game. I you know feel what I mean? like calling them episodes is so misleading. Yeah, I really like, think that's it is. Just not an appropriate word for it. I like it's, installments, honestly. I, I like the word installments too. Yeah, like um, you were saying, or, you that know, sounded really just, good parts installments because episode you know it's the difference between a show and a movie mm -hmm. episode implies one short sit down installment or like a single movie implies one yeah. long sit down it's like this is not an episode of no anything. 30 hours is, <laughs> this not is a full an game what is this yeah so yeah. i think that it's stupid to call them episodes i think that that's bad marketing <laughs> they should go with something else yeah, definitely uh, because i think that, that provide not that short i'm more on board than i was before yeah i think that honestly kind of hurt unless you're like a fan of of episodic games which which no one not. is and no one likes especially them. fans of final fantasy for how long those games usually are if you gave them a, a five to ten hour final fantasies part one and been like cool we'll see you in two years people can be like what no <laughs> you, <Big know>? pardon? <laughs> you can finish that literally in a day like i mean i know people oh, will probably man. finish this in a weekend or something like that but I mean, Destroyer finished it really quick. Uh, well, but, he finished it quick, but I think he got it on a release day. So I think okay, it took so him at least like, a week and then some. Okay. So, I mean, that's faster than I would have finished it. <laughs> I would have Faster than I would have finished any game. But still, uh, I think, yeah, to some extent, I feel, I feel like calling them, calling it episodes created more worry than what was necessary. And just confusion, like yeah. sure worry, but also just confusion because mm -hmm. now that you see how it's been implemented, it just feels so mismatched. It doesn't feel accurate at yeah. all. No, it doesn't. But I mean, I like I said, I super enjoyed it. I kind of went into it and I was kind of like, 
right, I'm going to play this because I know we're going to talk about it. Originally, when we were even planning doing this episode, I was going to bring another topic entirely to, to the table and everything. Seriously, and, we're probably not going to have that much to say about it. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just, I, it, 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 literally Final Fantasy has never really intrigued me before. And, but, and so I started the demo. I was like, all right, let's see what, let's see what's going on. But then after the combat started and I was and I got through the first few fights, I was like, I'm in this. Let's go. Let's see yeah. what happens. So uh, I, I am was a super fully big fan. planning to I, I am definitely planning to pick up this game for myself. It's not even necessarily that I'm broke right now. It's more that I'm broke on time. Yes, that's Shockingly my problem. Enough, I have so many other games that I'm currently playing and it's like, oh, I can't start yet another 30 to 40 hour, 40 hour undertaking right yeah. now. I need time. Same. I need some time to play my other games. Stop showering me with so many opportunities, video game industry. I know, right? Like quit giving us so many great things that we're dying to play but no i'm the same way like i've got doom eternal uh still ori of course stupidly like i said restarted dragon age inquisition but that's just what i was feeling that day you know so and sometimes it sometimes it's just right yeah sometimes sometimes the 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 feeling is just there yeah Oh yeah, and control. So I've got four of them right oh now. Oh my god, I forgot about control. Yeah, we gotta finish control. <laughs> we gotta finish control. Dang it, we have oh, so many games. I know there really are. I, I mean, this calls weird to say call it like the good thing, but I mean, like with I now have at least more time, and I'm not feeling the pressure to get to like to finish all these things before last of us part two comes out so at least i have a little bit more runway <laughs> so yeah, as sad as i am God. to see it being delayed again but still you know it's great we'll get to all these great games we'll get all the time in the world to play through them all and then we're gonna get lost in these worlds so it's a good old time anyway you look at it yeah and then uh i guess kind of to close us out and like lead into it uh the last thing that i want to talk about from um the remake is that and there is a certain amount of the soundtrack up on youtube that you can listen to now uh the remakes soundtrack is beautifully done it is just stunning i want to listen uh, to more know, of it because i've i've loved what i've heard so far dude take the audio from freaking playstation one days that was like 1999 2000 mm -hmm. to what's available and accessible and possible now and just remake those classic tunes in such a refined and elegant way it's a stunning soundtrack i will probably listen to it for hours on end the prelude itself is just like gut-wrenchingly beautiful uh, but the track that we are going to feature is of course the classic battle theme let for the battle begin for our soundtrack spotlight um which also announcement leads into our next series i know we just wrapped up on top 10 video game soundtracks of all time but now we're breaking into another one top 10 final fantasy 7 remake tracks of all time just kidding we're not doing that we're not jumping into another soundtrack you know series we could yet. do we could <laughs> if we had actually played enough we could easily do top final fantasy games we could oh, even yeah. have 10 of them if we played all of jesus. them <laughs> jesus no, <laughs> no i don't have you. that time <laughs> i don't either we'll circle Who back does? around to this topic when we're 90 and we've like oh, had our man. whole lives to play we'll have we'll have our whole lives it'll take us that long it would take us that long because they'll keep adding more we'll get the remaining installments oh, of God. this game there'll be final fantasy 25 30 by that point you know it's, it's yeah probably it's Ugh. You know, it's it is what it is. But so, what was that song one more time for the our soundtrack spotlight? So we are going to be featuring "Let the Battle Begin" X Soldier. Nice. So that is our soundtrack spotlight for this week. And with that, that does conclude this episode of 
Team Chat Podcast, where we hope that uh, if you have played the Final Fantasy VII Remake or the demo, please let us know. Join us on our Discord. Comment below. Send us an email, teamchatpodcast at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you and hear your thoughts on this game. But like I said, we're going to listen now to our soundtrack spotlight. As we exit the episode, we will see you all next week. I'm one of your hosts, Jerry Wilson, joined by Rachel Mogan. Peace out. See you all next time. Mm-hmm.